I get those goosebumps every time I need the Heimlich Throw that to the side, yo I get those goosebumps every time, yeah When you are not around, when you throw that to the side, yo I get those goosebumps every time, yeah 713 Alright, back here on the Sports Grind Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose And we've been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios 87737-GRIND um, so here shortly here, we're going to be joined by Jake Fisher, senior NBA reporter for Bleacher Report. Uh, but yeah, we, we're going to have to see what goes on, uh, in regards to the night and the effort, uh, that the, uh, Nuggets put forward trying to end this tonight, or do they want to celebrate in front of their fans? Now, one of the things too, that, uh, while we wait on Jake that I wanted to throw out there too, we get into, you know, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, announced his retirement uh, today officially from the NBA. Now, to me, the timing of this is very odd to me, um, considering who's in the Western Conference Finals and who is most likely going to the NBA Finals, speaking of the Denver Nuggets. Okay, are you gonna be? I'll I'll finish that take when we we get to discussing with Jake. But right now, okay, we've got Jake ready. We're gonna be joined by Jake Fisher, which is a senior NBA reporter for Bleacher Report. What's going on, Jake? How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Not not to not to correct you, but I, I'm now with Yahoo Sports. That's my that's my new home. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so used to you being on. So you would Yahoo. Congratulations. Okay, now you switched up. You're on Yahoo uh, Sports. Okay, again, Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports. Now, um, <laughs> real quick, before I would love to get to you with the Carmelo thing, but let me back up the reason why I wanted to get you on today because I know last week, of course, I want you to take me back there to last Thursday's draft. Of course, it was crazy down here in this region. Uh, with the uh, celebration of winning the Wimby sweepstakes. But before we get into that, well, yeah, but let's start with that. Let's just go back to that day uh, because this is something that's been talked about, you know, really to the nauseum for the last year, year and a half uh, down here in this region, and especially when you look at some of the moves that the Spurs have made over the last few years, putting themselves what most people thought was in the position to win the Wimby sweepstakes. But take me, let me ask you first, did you cover, were you there live? Were you fortunate? Did you cover the draft? Were you at the draft? Yeah, I was oh. I was in the back sequestered room. Oh, Chicago. that's the, okay, yeah, perfect. I saw, I saw the winning <laughs> first balls come out of the machine. That's what I was going to ask you. That's why I was like, hold on, man. Let me stick because let me first ask Jake if he was in the building. So yes, so perfect. You were there. So take me back because they because I've heard about this. They equestered y'all in almost like y'all on the OJ jury or something like that. They put y'all in this. Yeah. Room. <laughs> they put y'all in this room where the report you take away any devices or anything. So take me back to the to Jake. Take me back to that Thursday with you in this. room room and what was the buzz since this because i'm pretty sure this isn't the first draft you covered so take me back to that atmosphere with this this type of draft and this player with anticipation and you being back in that room yeah i was in the back room last year too right yeah Mm -hmm. every every year at the combine you know people fly in typically the weekend before and then the tuesday of combine week um as the kind of the lead up to whichever series espn has whether it's the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference Finals, they they have the lottery, and um, you know it, it happens local time five forty five. You have to be in the back room uh, in Chicago, so that's that's Central Time, and um, 
the, the lottery show doesn't come on until 7 o'clock, I believe. So it, it happens at 6. The lottery happens at 6 o'clock on the dot. So it's an hour before. Mm-hmm. And you have to, I mean, from the team representatives to league officials to the media, you have to give all your devices that could potentially submit some type of messaging outside the room. You give it to a big FedEx envelope. They seal it. They write your name on it. And wow. you sign, <laughs> excuse me, you sign a signature. Um like giving permission to have all your devices away, and then you go in the room and pretty quickly they, they do the lottery. They, they, they bring out this machine, they have a representative from an Ernst & Young accounting firm, they cut open this box with all the ping pong balls, hmm. they load them in, and they've got these poster boards to the side that lists all 1,000 combinations. Because you've got 14 ping pong balls listed 1 through 14 with red ink, and they pull one at a time, and that creates a thousand and one combinations. They throw out the a thousand first, and then when a team like San Antonio has a fourteen percent chance at the number one pick, that means they have a hundred and forty combinations. Mm-hmm. So once they start popping the balls out, you know you get the first three. Every team is ticking away at their possibilities, and that, that final fourth ball is actually the real thing that decides the number one pick. So what's really crazy is that. The Wizards could have had six balls come out, and it would have given them one Banyama. Mm. All these other teams only had one. Wow. In San Antonio, they were the lucky winner, and they keep drawing more. So you draw the first pick, you draw the second pick, you draw the third pick. And when they draw the fourth pick, the Spurs actually won the lottery two more times. That fourth pick, they won it again. Wow. Then Charlotte won it again. And the Spurs won it again, and then finally on the fourth prize when Houston got the fourth pick. So it was clearly San Antonio's night. Well, again, we're joined by Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, senior reporter of Yahoo Sports. Um, hey, Jake, so when it was, you know, you're back there in this room, so after you, they go through the process, you already know who the Spurs, the Spurs have won the number one overall pick, and they finish out rounding out third and fourth. Now, y'all are questioned. Now, of course, we're about to go live on television, and you still got your reporters back there, and y'all got to have y'all, can't have y'all's devices. What are some of the talk amongst some of the media back there in regards to the reaction it being the Spurs who got the number one overall pick? Well, first it was how stoic Brian Wright was. Like, he wasn't really celebratory at all. He was trying to kind of be calm and collected and not <laughs> kind of rub it in his, uh, his competitors' faces back there. And then, I mean, the story of, of Victor going to, you know, the international hub that San Antonio has long been the franchise that developed Tim Duncan and obviously has a lot of deep French ties with Tony Parker and Boris Diaw and down the list. So um, it, it, it kind of is a picture-perfect story for him to end up there and to kind of, I mean, no one knows how long Greg Popovich is going to be around for, but clearly he's at the end of his career. And so for him to go out at the start of Wimbanyama's professional tenure in, in the States it kind of is pretty storybook, no? No, it, it is. It is. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today because, honestly, you know, your report that you kind of came out and tweeted about, and I know, you know, the preface of it was Golden State and their GM, what they're going to do. But you had brought up, nice segue, you had brought up Pop in his situation. And what's crazy to me is because, you know, none of the – and not saying that they didn't know, but it definitely was something that fell under the radar as the city got caught up into trying to win these Wimby sweepstakes. And regardless, that Popovich uh, was technically 
technically not in the contract. Now, I have my theory on this, uh, Jake, and, and personally, I look and have no inside information because I don't claim that I'm connected into the organization. But just from the outside looking in and knowing how this organization has been run, there's only two things, in my opinion, that has taken place in this situation. This is just my opinion. Either one, that, you know, Pop was a situation, because I can't remember the last time he's been under contract this late and getting ready, going to a draft or whatever. Yes, he's had maybe a year left on his deal and they do like a two or three year extension, but nothing like this I can remember. So either it's a situation where Pop wanted to see how the draft played out to kind of know like, hey, do I want to do this again? You know, he's very on the record saying how much he loves this young team. They rejuvenated him, made him feel youthful, yada, yada. But part of me feels like he either wanted to wait to see how this draft played out before making a decision or maybe their board members that are on this particular board that were having discussions thinking like, hey, is this the perfect time? I mean, he got the all-time wins. You know, we celebrating this way. We just had to celebrate the 50th anniversary of this organization. Um, you know, is this the time to move on? Am I off fetch either way with those? Or what are your thoughts in regards to where we're at, basically still knowing that it hasn't been a new contract done yet because it hasn't been reported? And number two, you have not heard one word, at least I have from him after getting the number one overall pick Thursday. What are your thoughts about those two scenarios that I laid out? I So from everything I've been told, he's going to have that job for as long as he wants it. So mm-hmm. any thought that maybe he's being pushed out to any degree, I, I would I'd be very skeptical of that. Okay. Um, and, I, and I definitely have heard from people close to him, from Spurs people that, He's been rejuvenated the last couple of years in this teaching environment. There hasn't been any real stress on the situation by any means necessary. Like there hasn't been the championship robust, you know, type of mentality that has forced all these coaches to get fired around the league. They've been kind of enjoying being like a kindergarten type situation where we're just here to grow together and have fun and kind of develop day by day. Um, so I, I don't know why the deal hasn't been, you know found yet um and the one thing i could point to is if pop was deciding whether or not this year would be his last and waiting to whatever the other thing i've been told i don't think he's someone who like wants to go through a big retirement tour of a final year i'd be very surprised if he like were to announce this is my last year to then spend the whole year of getting gifts and send-offs and all that type of stuff I'm not, I'm not expecting that to ever – whenever his time does come to an end, I think he's going to try to stray away from that type of dynamic. No, I, I, didn't, I honestly agree with you. I kind of said that last week too. I think he's the point that it won't be – it'll be a sudden thing for exactly verbatim, exactly what you said. Um, but, okay, uh, you know, so we'll, so hopefully – so everything you heard here, you know, what you're hearing from the insides and your connections that here pretty soon, you know, unless he decides to retire, he should be back coaching the San Antonio Spurs and at least Wimby for his first year, rookie year and the NBA Association, what you kind of get a pulse of. Yeah, there's been okay. no one I've spoken with that's given any indication that he, that, that like, anything other than he will coach until he doesn't want to coach anymore. Okay, okay. Well, transition a little bit. Also, what I wanted to talk to you before we get you out of here is uh, in the Golden State situation with Bob Myers. This is an organization that I've have paid attention to. It, you know, this whole dynasty run from the time Steve Kerr showed up, the time that Bob Myers have been running at the helm. And I guess everybody gets caught up about the Draymond Green and the Jordan Poole. You know, is one of them have to leave? Are they going to trade Jordan Poole? But I think the big question is, what is Bob Myers going to do? And from 
from your standpoint of what you're hearing or what your thoughts, do you look at him? Is he being rumored? I mean, I've heard Phoenix rumors. I've heard other things. Does he want to step away from the game? Or is this just comes down, in your opinion, about money and maybe getting a new contract with Golden State? What's your feeling on this? So everyone I've spoken with around the team has stuck to the same talking points that this is just Bob Myers deciding whether or not he wants to stick around with Golden State and, and, and still be involved in, in this situation. I, I'd be surprised if he was just trying to like have some leverage to loom over the franchise to try to just be getting a richer contract. I, I, I believe he's been made multiple offers from Golden State that would make him one of, if not the richest executives in the league. So I think it's just coming down to him deciding whether or not he wants to keep doing this. It's, I mean, it's a very taxing, exhausting job to be a general manager in the NBA, let alone one that's trying to compete for championships for a decade straight. So there's a lot of personalities that you have to manage. There's a lot of management that I think goes far beyond the basketball aspects that people don't recognize goes into these number one jobs, being a head coach and being a GM, that it sounds like he's contemplating whether or not he wants to just keep being you know, in the deep end in that regard um, as opposed to just trying to negotiate and haggle for a couple of extra millions of dollars here and there. Okay, and do you think, I mean, is Steve Kerr, from what you've heard, he's open for working with another jump. This is not a situation where they're kind of joined at the hip where he's open, would be open if it decides, Bob decides to go a different direction and they've got to replace him. And I'm pretty sure the way Golden State's ownership has ran things, I'm pretty sure they have an idea if that replacement would even be in-house, maybe. For sure. For, by, by all accounts, if Bob were to exit, the, the idea is definitely that Mike Dunleavy would be um, the internal replacement. Um, and that Steve, while him and Bob are known to be very, very close, Steve's connection to the franchise and how long he'll be um, on the sidelines there has been always more connected to Steph Curry and Steph Curry's mm-hmm. want to, to be around and to keep competing for championships as opposed to Bob Myers. So mm-hmm. okay. as long as Steph's there and, and wanting to compete, which that was clearly the tone at their exit interviews and once they lost to L.A. that they still think Steph and Dre and Claymont or Claymont and Clay uh, are all, you know, still kicking and, and, and have championship upside. They just need to fix some things around the edges. Uh, I'm expecting that core um, with those three guys and Steve Kerr to be back in Golden State at this point. All right, then. Well, I appreciate your time, Jake, for checking out, uh, taking time of your busy schedule to talk to us. And I definitely look forward to talking to you again based on when we get closer to the uh, next season, kind of tipping off and we start this whole Wimby era. Be definitely looking eager to talk there to you, you again. Go. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right, Jake. Again, that's Jake from uh, Senior NBA Reporter for Yahoo Sports, not Bleacher Report. We got to just stay on top of uh, Jake's resume there. But uh, great information. Um, so basically, he shot a bullet in my theory about uh, the board looking at maybe if this is something that we want to go, but more about, but you know, it's not signed. And I think that, you know, definitely we'll know from the locals. They won't miss on that because they'll make everybody know that a press release that Pop signed. But I think once we find out that he signed a new contract, we'll all know. Uh, but it should be interesting what the details are of this contract and the length. I would pretty much assume, if I had to guess, it would probably be a, a three-year contract with the, his option probably after this year, after the 2023 uh, season season I think I think then it, that's how I look I think it'll be a three-year deal but really it'll be a year-to-year 
type of situation. But I do agree with Jake. I said that last Thursday or Friday when we talked about it. I don't think Pop's going to announce heads up, you know, when, you know, he's going to call it quits or this is his last year. I doubt it very seriously on that. But I still think it's kind of odd that we would be this deep past the draft and pass everything and him not really have a contract yet. There's something to that. There's something to that. I don't think – I believe Jake because Jake's connected. Um, you know, we'll put to bed anything that the ownership or whatever has been asking. But I will say that, in my opinion, it had to do with him really figuring out probably and wanting to see how that draft worked out, per se. You know, which, to me, I feel that uh, – I know Jonas had his theory, but I, I, I've always felt that he would – he would come back to – if he wasn't going to come back to coach, I would like to think if it wasn't for health reasons, we would have heard that by now where we're at, in my opinion. What do you got? Well, so we don't have to carry the Wemby conversation too far. Uh, reports this weekend, uh, Timmy, Tony, and Manu are all going to be around uh, within close proximity to Wemby uh, to impact his career, get him ready in San Antonio, and bring him along a little bit. So – uh, my my point being, coach, Pop doesn't have to necessarily be head coach to coach Wemby, but the the bottom line is, you've already went out and said you thought he's not coaching this year, so it's that. that. Is and, and I saw As those I saw those reports, and to me, that's that's a that's that's you got to be careful with that. I'll add my thoughts to that because I was going to save that. I wasn't going to get to that today, tomorrow. But since you broke it up, brought it up, I'll go ahead and touch on it before we get into some NFL talk. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Of the Are you moving ride. around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Uh. 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Penland Whiskey. Penland Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier-fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Penland Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. That is Penland Whiskey, which is an official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and an official whiskey of the professional bull riding tour the velocity tour that is pillin whiskey and an official whiskey of the sports grind and official sponsor of the sports grind all right eight seven seven three seven grind all right real quick let before i get to my uh mellow take uh that i wanted to finish before we had jake come on uh let me finish the segment since you brought it up i wasn't going to touch on it but the whole thing report saying that tony manu and tim uh want to mentor wimby um look there's a thin line with that. And the way I look at it is like, let this young man, it's, it's a new era. It's a new time. Let this young man go ahead and be, that's the wrong word to use, not really be himself, but let him navigate and have his own way on how he wants to put a stamp on this organization. Look, when you get drafted, and you and I heard Brian Wright talk about it. I mean, Brian Wright has studied this guy. They've interviewed, they they I mean they know what they're getting in Wimby. Okay. But the reality of it is is that no matter who you're drafted, I don't care whether it's the number one overall pick, whether the Spurs are picking 16, 25, 27. When you get drafted to come here, man, everybody knows what the standard is in regards to what type of player they want or you're expected to be in the community or why you're wearing that uniform. Wimby understands that. I mean, if he's disconnected to this organization from being a fan and Tony didn't put Spurs on the map in France and half of France are Spur fans, if he, he then he understands that. And I'm pretty sure through conversations he's gotten to understand that. And not only that, there's some pressure still coming into this situation where you're going to be coached by this guy that's a legend or a Hall of Fame, uh, one of the all-time greats. And when you look at those jerseys in the rafters, such as number 21 and 5-0, Adding this pressure of basically saying that they're going to take him under his wing and they're going to basically take him and mold him, that's, that's a, that, that, that concerns me a little bit. It's, it's, a, it's a gift and a curse because it can be too much. Let him, like, let him be him. That's all I'm going to say. Let him be him. It doesn't need to be like, hey, well, this is how we do it, and you got to say this, and this is what it means, and this and this. Now, like I said, if Tim wants to sit there and, you know, coach him about on the block and basically things and see some things in this game, say, hey, man, I couldn't do this, but I could teach you this because you got athletic. Okay, there's a certain extent. But basically taking and mentoring him on how to handle himself off and on the court with the local media and all that, let him set his own way. Because remember – it's not about getting these guys because everybody eventually sooner or later has an opportunity to get one of these guys. And when I say one of these guys, I mean franchise changers. Now, this could be a, a generation or whatever, but I'm talking about franchise changers. That's not the, the, that's not the big part of the puzzle. The big part of the puzzle in the NBA is keeping them and keeping them happy. So I would say relax and don't suffocate him. That's my opinion. I saw that report. I'm like, oh, good. This is good and bad. Like, let him breathe, man. 
Don't try to give them y'all's curfew. Places to hang it like not from y'all three. Just like let him. It's already enough pressure, and the guy's been a rock star. The difference between Tim, Manu, and Tony. Now Manu was creating a buzz over in Argentina, but the difference between like Wimby is already a rock star. Like Tony was known in France before coming to NBA. Tim was known at Wake Forest, known from the Virgin Islands. He was known. Manu was known in Argentina before he came in the NBA. Wimby is already, difference between him and all those guys, he's already a rock star. He's already an international rock star. It's levels to everything. So let him be. Back to the Carmelo point. Um, I think the timing is odd on this. And to me, I look at it as that, look, Carmelo was drafted by the Nuggets, should have been drafted by Detroit. There's always been talks. There's been talks in that region over the last, I don't know how long, about is Carmelo, is Joker the greatest Nugget of all time, or is it Melo this? I just feel Melo knows this is the best Nuggets team probably in team history. They're on the verge of doing something very special. They've never been to the NBA Finals in franchise history. I see the, you know, uh, the clips and the, the camera shots of George Carl up there, bless his heart, you know, uh, throat cancer survivor still fighting. Um, and then there's Melo, and I think Melo is trying to interject himself to be a part of this team somehow, some way by announcing this at this time. As far as I'm concerned, Melo didn't play at all this year. He's been out of league. I don't like, and I'm consistent with this, I just don't like guys that are away from the game a year or two and then they want to announce their retirement, official retirement, two years later when they've really been away from the game. And the truth of it is the league has forced you to retire. Because nobody wants you, uh, nobody really wants to put you on their roster at this time in the point of the, your career. Not even so the, the banana boat crews. So to me, I just, I don't like the timing of Carmelo announcing this as the Nuggets are up 3-0, and getting ready to punch their tickets to the fight. He's trying to latch on to Nuggets. Because now you got the Nuggets. You got them pressure to release a statement from Carmelo on their site officials. I've already seen that. You got and I, I've, I've stuck up for Carmelo over over the years. I'm not a, a Carmelo basher. I mean, I've always liked Melo, even going back to Syracuse. But uh, miss me with this, man. You, you you're trying to interject. You're trying to interject yourself into the Nugget situation. This Nuggets organization and this Nuggets team. Just don't like the timing of it. Don't like the timing of it. Did you watch the whole video that he did? No. No. Um, at the end of it, uh, he talked. I didn't watch the video, but I didn't know he made a video. But go ahead. Yeah, he talks about um, passing his legacy off to his son uh, Kyan. Um, I, I might be butchering that pronunciation. K i y a n. Um, who's a 16 year old prospect starting to come out? Of course, we're talking about Bronny. Um, you know, does LeBron get the opportunity to play with him? Um, news, you know, last week that his other son Bryce is moving, you know, changing high schools. Uh, now that Bronny's no longer there at Sierra Canyon, um, but any thought about uh, or, or feelings about Melo not only announcing his retirement at this time, but then doing so to put the weight of his legacy on his son? At the end of his video, he's like, every, he's like, my legacy is now your legacy. Speaking of Carmelo putting it on his son, on his son, you know, his his son right now, uh, I think is what six uh, six five, 
16-year-old, you know, top prospect, again, the as way, you would expect. The way I look at that is just Melo just saying that, hey, you know, you're carrying the last name. I'm done. I'm looking at you to carry on the legacy from now. I mean, I I, I don't think that's added any pr- – I mean, the kid's going to – when you're talking about Bronny and Melo, I don't care who said I mean, you're going to have pressure just because who your dad is anyway. Okay? I mean, look at the pressure Archie Manning's on, and his dad didn't even play – Pro football, even college football. It was his health situation robbed him of it. His his uncles played, so it. it so my point is, by Melo just saying, "Hey, the legacy that that's just term speak." Like, hey, you go ahead and you carry your legacy. Hell, I heard Tiger Woods talk about this a few weeks back. I saw a video clip of him talking about how Charlie the first time he felt when Charlie outdrived him from the tee, and he said that Charlie's looking at Charlie wants to beat him by the time he turns fourteen. And Tiger's like, hey, he's coming, but he's made it. No, I want to beat beat my dad by 14. Now, when Charlie jumps the scene, what kind of pressure you think? Tiger ain't got to say nothing like, hey, man, I couldn't get Jack. You go ahead and go. The pressure's going to be enormous for that kid. Probably more than you You pre- put it this way. Bronny's pressure times 50. That's what the little Cubs going to be up against, little Tiger's son. Bronny ain't going to, like, look, everybody looks at Bronny, top 50, McDonald's, All-American. He, you know, he basically wanted to stay home, he, going to USC. There's pressure. Tiger Woods, son, times it by 50. The little Bronny, Melo, they won't even understand the pressure that's going to be under um, a little T-Weezy when he steps on the T, Charlie. It's not even close. So I don't. I, I've got a problem with Melo doing a video. I didn't even know he did a video. I got a problem with him doing a video and announcing this man due to the fact that De- I know what he's doing. Denver. He's talked. He's been talking for years. I've heard that he's been talking to the organization. He wants his number retired. He wants to come back. He is doing this because of what that organization is on the verge of doing. Remember, it was a bad breakup between him and, and George Carl and the Nuggets. Carmelo didn't do like LeBron and, and wait his contract. He forced his way out of Denver. But now that you've gone and played in the Big Apple, you played in Madison Square Garden, you played there, you, you know, you, you went and played with LeBron, and they like, you've been in Portland, all this place. And, they, 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 yeah, and now you want to come home and you want to steal some of this Joker and everybody else's limelight. Stop it, Melo. Come on, man. You know? First you treat Lala like that, man. And then now you want to just come and just jack the Joker's limelight, the Nuggets, because you want to put the organization. Oh, can we? Do we got to release something about Melo? You know, he was drafted here. He announced his retirement. That's this is why I hate players that do this. It's like we. I'm thinking you retired. The NBA's telling you you're retired. Like you, this is somebody like the total opposite of what we talk about. How Jake's saying, "Hey, I don't anticipate Pop's going to be a guy that wants to now." This is totally opposite of somebody that is screaming for attention because the the timing of what he announced this for. And I used to in the '90s, I used to kill. This is even before I got in this business. But amongst my Dallas Cowboy friends and buddies that I used to troll back in the day before we even knew trolling was, I used to kill Jerry Jones for making announcements. You know, when they were during their early Super Bowl run, when those years they stopped making Super Bowl, I would kill Jerry for making. He used to be notorious for making announcements for the upcoming year during Super Bowl week. I'm like, you didn't get here. You didn't earn it. 
God, it, that pisses me off to the high heavens when people do that. A-Rod did that once. A-Rod pulled that stunt with the Texas Rangers doing the World Series when Scott Boris and them, them negotiations going back in regards to, the, I think it was about the Rangers or to the Yankees at the time or the thing would be, no, it's to the Rangers. The contract that he signed, he hijacked the World Series because he wanted the attention on him. I can't stand that. And that's exactly what Melo's doing. What do you got? So speaking of the Joker, um, should the Nuggets finish things in L.A.? Um, obviously, we're going to have about a week and a half then before uh, they're playing basketball again That's in Denver, ridiculous. in the Mile High City. But they're going to have game one. Again, should they advance, they'll have game one in Denver. Now, is this going – if you're Den- the Nuggets franchise and you're the Nuggets PR and marketing, do you have to do a, a thank you, mellow in game one of the NBA Finals, all the fifteen jer- number 15 jerseys in that crowd, they're going to be Jokic jerseys. They're not going to be Anthony jerseys. And now you're going to have to – do you have to recognize this on the night of – Game no, one of the I, NBA Finals. No, I mean you can invite him. You can invite him and his significant whoever Carmelo's with his kids or whatever he wants to do. You can invite him if he wants to come to the Nuggets game. If you want to offer him seats or you want to offer him something in the press, but you don't have to go ahead and and because again he played. It's been so long since he left Denver. And he hasn't played this year. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, this is something that I would do. Make the decision: Are you going to retire? And the thing of it is, you got a guy Joker that's wearing fifteen. So he's not going to get his jersey retired anytime soon while the Joker is basically wearing 15 unless they make an exception to the rule. That's why it's so – I didn't even think that part of it, but that's why this thing is so awkward. And I just want to move on because it's, it's, it's nothing. I mean, he did not bring – did Carmelo take him to a Western Conference? No, he didn't. The NBA Finals? No, he didn't. And he forced his way out. Why do I need to rush to go honor Carmelo Anthony? And I like Carmelo. Trust me. I've been a big fan of Carmelo. But what, why, the Nuggets, like when you talk about doing things like that, you're talking about doing things for guys that won titles, that basically got you to an NBA Finals, that finished their career with you. That's when you're going to rush and say, oh, man, even though he stepped out for a year, he's retiring. Oh, okay, let's put something together. They don't have to put together anything for Melo right now until next year if they want to. What, do you think they should? I don't think they should. I feel like they'd be pressured to. I would actually Why? I wouldn't and I wouldn't be entirely surprised if the Lakers beat them to the to the uh to the podium with that because they're going to be playing in LA. He did play uh his last season or two with in a Lakers uniform. Um I bet you that tonight they would have a thank you mellow is what I would figure. No. No, dude. He's they he's a cup of coffee, man. If anything, if he if he's sitting there connected with anybody, it's the Knicks. If it's anybody besides Denver, it's the Knicks. He's got more history with the Knicks and playoff runs than he did with L.A. I mean, what was he in L.A. with the bubble? Or when was the last time he played? And Denver, last year. And Denver, you got to understand, there's a whole fan base that's with the Nuggets now that don't even, they don't even associate with themselves with Carmelo Anthony for the most part. It's been a while. And it didn't end great. It didn't end good. And like I said, I have nothing against Carmelo Anthony, but this is Bush League. Nobody needs to be forced to say anything about it. I mean, he already showed up at the Knicks. He was there at the Knicks. You know, he's a part of, like I said, John Starks has been in the crowd. Patrick, the Knicks, when they finally made it to a second round and they won a playoff series, although he was in the Garden. Like I said, he's more associated with the Knicks than the Lakers, man. Like, stop it. That give everybody a trophy. Make everybody feel good. 
Just because Carmelo wanted to come and announce his retirement on social media the day that his Nuggets, well, why didn't he do this before the playoffs started? If he was so for sure, why did he, well, no, he's waiting until the team that he played so long ago that drafted him, and the only thing, you trying to latch on to this organization because you might sniff maybe there's a dynasty starting, you might basically know this is the first NBA, stop it, Melo. This is ridiculous. This ain't even sliding in the first base. This is just Tracy, this is just strictly trying to hijack a situation, not getting past me they ain't getting past me man can't hustle a hustler man that's some crap that's some crap man final question for you on this matter because we're coming to the end of the segment anyway um a hall of famer i mean you have the it's the naismith basketball hall of fame i think that he's a hall of famer alone off of in the in the naismith basketball hall of fame off of his olympic career one of the most prolific scores that we've ever seen His, his performances on the international stage has been huge, but his NBA career, I Hall think, of Fame. I mean, yeah, I, I just think I don't like these questions about the Hall of Fame with NBA because I don't, I don't revere the NBA Hall of Fame the same way I do the NFL Hall of Fame or the baseball or Cooperstown. It's a joke. They need their own Hall of Fame because I figure too many people get in and share things with other greats that they shouldn't have, they shouldn't be, I should say. Um, but no, he's a he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's just what it is. Made a lot of money. Um, you know, I don't think his prime years he took as serious as, you know, him and LeBron was ever linked together, came out in the same draft. I don't think that he took, you know, his body and his condition and his career early on as serious as LeBron did. But he just never could cash in. But, I mean, he's – but, again, do all the Hall of Fame. But stop it, man. I, stop. I guarantee you if the Nuggets weren't in the Western Conference Finals, Carmelo would be – Carmelo wouldn't even announce this. He would have been waiting. This would have been a news story, like, in the summer. He wouldn't even be doing this. Like, come on, y'all can't be that naive. I mean, it makes no sense, dude. The dude wasn't even around in here. Like, no one even asked. Like, the other thing of this is, this is why I did. This is why I didn't really want to bring this up. But the other thing is, because I know once I got started, I wasn't gonna be able to stop. The truth of the matter is, with Carmelo, man, it's like it's not even like when trades and stuff. Nobody was even asking about Carmelo's availability. Like, nobody asked to be like, hey, you know, Carmelo's not signed. This is a guy that could help this team out. Nobody even talked about him this year. But you want to go ahead and announce your retirement on the day of game four of the Lakers on the verge of maybe possibly getting swept by the Nuggets. Nice try, Carmelo. Don't need an expector. I don't need to be Alfred Hitchcock, the black Alfred Hitchcock, to figure this one out, man, on what you're trying to do. It's ridiculous, man. Come on. Come on. I mean, who does this? That's why I've always been consistent, man. I hate players that do this anyway. I assume your ass is retired. Nobody wants you. The NBA didn't retire your ass. I don't need no announcement to retire. Like, we wait to see. Oh, anybody know? nobody even asked about Mello. You asked about Mello. You asking Mello to see you basically. Is Lala back with him? Yo, she's still a baby. Oh, okay. That's the only reason why you even asking about Mello right now. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos X Lager. Get a dose. 
Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers' steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 